Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Friday. Yeah. Friday, January the 18th, specifically. Specifically, even. As you are no doubt aware. You are aware. I don't even know why I'm mentioning your awareness. It does not make sense to mention your awareness because your awareness has peaked. It is so high. Uh, That within the Liberal Cube, Friday is Fra-Internet Day, in which we discuss, meaning I discuss and you listen, uh, things from the Fra-Internet. Lovely. Like to draw words out sometimes. Why do I do it? I don't know. Today's sponsor is a website. Huh, that makes sense. A podcast that focuses on things on the interwebs is sponsored by a website. Hey, could it be any better? Uh, I could be getting a blowjob right now. There you go. It could be. Uh, today's sponsor is http colon backslash backslash www.internet.com backslash website.net backslash thematrix.org Once again, <laughs> today's sponsor is the website which can be found at http colon backslash backslash www.internet.com backslash website.net backslash thematrix.org dot Okay, let's hop right in to shit from the fra-internets. That almost rhymes. I'm almost a poet and I almost know it. Uh, the first item is a podcast. Hey, talking about a podcast on a podcast. Why the hell not. The podcast in question, or perhaps the podcast in answer to your question, is Comedy Bang Bang. Mm. We have spoken of it before, and I feel like, um, A, I owe you an apology, and B, someone friggin' owes me an apology, because I think last time I spoke of it, I talked about how it was going to be cancelled, and no more, and I was very, very upset about that. Because uh, Comedy Bang Bang, as far as podcasts go, has, over the years, given me the most actual uh, laughs. So, I was upset, needless to say, and probably so were you. Well, maybe not, if you were listening to this podcast and never heard of Comedy Bang Bang, uh, and did not plan on listening to it, then probably you didn't care that I said it was going to be cancelled. Now, it turns out, and, again, I just wish someone would come out and say 100% what's going on, and I can't find it on the interwebs what the answer is. But it sounds like Company Bang Bang is canceling their live show that they do uh, in uh, L.A., I guess it is. Which, to me, uh, I don't care. <laughs> well, you know, no, no, I don't care. Because I don't live in L.A. I 
don't know whether I will ever be in LA. So, uh, what the hell? It's not the actual podcast that is being canceled. It is that. Uh, that live show apparently has been going on for many years, which is why I had heard all these rumblings of cancellations. So, breathe easy in the knowledge that I'm pretty sure that it's not the podcast that is being canceled as well. Now, let's jump in to the podcast in question that I brought back. The guest was Mr. 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 Ben Schwartz. I've talked about Ben Schwartz quite a few times on the podcast because I uh, sort of made the prediction to the missus that he will be the sort of next big thing in comedy. I kind of uh, like to think I sort of made that prediction with Mr. Zach Galifianakis as I, uh, at the very least, followed him before his fame erupted all over. So uh, this time I'm making the prediction and have evidence of it. <laughs> of evidence being me saying what I have just said. So uh, Scott Ackerman, the host, and Ben Schwartz sat down. A definite comedy bang-bangs ensued. Hilarities, even, were present in the room. Comedy bang-bang will, what they'll do, their sort of usual format, is have a guest, which is Ben Schwartz, who is there, I guess you would say, as himself. And then uh, what I like to call the fake guest, which is someone coming in and pretending to be someone else, sort of improving the whole interview process. I, for some reason, did not write down <laughs> who that fake person was in this episode, but I'm sure it was very, very funny. They will, on the show, play uh, a couple of games quite often. My favorite, and the one they usually always play, is one called Would You Rather? Uh, yes. Uh, it's a game in which people will tweet in through the Twitter to Scott Ackerman a, uh, two questions. Would you rather this, or would you rather this? And then the floor is open for questions, and the actual person, and what I call the fake person, will ask questions about the two scenarios in order to decide which one they would like, because they don't know all the ins and outs of these scenarios, but Scott Ackerman does. So it's all really just uh, sort of an improv game. I like to bring it back here, because they're usually so ridiculous, the questions. Uh, this episode, the question was, would you rather every word in the Bible is true, or the movie Goodfellas does not exist? Uh, that's a tough question. A tough question. Hmm. I'd probably go, uh, <laughs> no, I would definitely go with the Goodfellas not existing, because it is a good movie, but the whole Bible thing, as you probably are no doubt aware, <laughs> I am sort of, uh, sort of, I occasionally throw out the, the odd anti-religion rant, one of the very few things that I do let my blood boil a little bit about is religion, so, uh, yeah, that's what I'd pick. But, I don't know, I don't know, uh, like Scott Ackerman might say, okay, okay, so you, uh, you chose 
the world in which Goodfellas does not exist. But did you also know that in this world you are dead? <laughs> For example. That's a bad example, but it is an example nonetheless. Okay, let's move on to a new addition to my podcast repertoire. Uh, it's a podcast that has been around for quite a few years. It is called the Pod F. Tomcast, starring Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Shit, I didn't write down his actual name. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul F. Tompkins. That, that's his name. Fairly certain. Oh, God, names, names. You haunted me so. Uh, sort of uh, is intertwined a little bit with Comedy Bang Bang in the sense that a lot of the fake guests and a lot of my favorite fake guests on Comedy Bang Bang are voiced by Mr. Paul F. Tompkins, uh, and he has created this podcast that sort of follows the formula of, um, what am I, six episodes in? I went all the way back to the beginning um, when he started doing it, episode one in 2010, I think it was, and I'm listening, slowly working my way through them. Working is probably not a good word, because they're friggin' awesome. Uh, the formula is kind of, it'll start with him just talking, doing a little introduction. Uh, he's very, very funny, obviously. I would not be listening to it if he was not very, very funny. Then he'll do, uh, I don't know if he does this for every episode, but so far every episode he's done where it's sort of phone call, phone calls between uh, his character creations. My favorite being uh, Cake Boss, Cake Boss. Uh, he also does a mean uh, iced tea impression. Uh, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, he's got a whole host of impressions he does. Uh, John Lithgow. Uh, John C. Riley. So he'll do like uh, fake phone calls between these people. And it's very, very good. Then he apparently has a weekly or monthly or bi-weekly or something improv show. Uh, again, I think in L.A., so he'll take sort of snippets from that show and then uh, throw those in. Then, so far, he'll, uh, then after that, he'll have a phone call with a friend, a comedic friend, uh, and that seems to be the, uh, and, and then sort of in between these things, he'll, he'll go back to his little chats and introductions and explanations of things. All very, very funny, good, uh, goodly putting together. Edited well, <laughs> uh, and he's a he's a super funny dude. So uh, I definitely recommend checking that out. Okay, so I think I got time for one more before I get into the old workplace. It is yet another podcast. What? Yeah, I uh, from the looks of it, kind of started out with just podcasts, and then uh, this afternoon we'll do some non-podcast related stuffs. The next podcast is, of course, the Nerdist Podcast, which, would it be a Fry-Hansernet day within the Liberal Cube if we did not um, speak even for a moment about our, our buddy, our good pal, Mr. Chris Hardwick? It would not be. It's like, <laughs> I just realized that um, Greg Proops, who does a podcast, called The Smartest Man, every episode he will mention, I don't know if he's, he may have skipped some, 
He will mention the baseball player Satchel Page. So, so every Internet Day podcast in which I talk about things internet-related, I have mentioned Chris Hardwick. That is not unusual because he is sort of, uh, to me, the king, the king of the interwebs. Uh, which episode in particular I brought back was one with Mr. Tim- uh, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant is a strange last name. Let's get that right out of the way. Uh, definite uh, overtones, undertones, or middle tones of elephant. Um, as a kid, <laughs> this poor, poor kid with the last name Oliphant, uh, I hope he was not fat, which he doesn't look like he's ever been fat, but if he was and his last name was Oliphant, that's just pretty torturous. You may know him. Uh, I know him mainly from uh, the, the HBO show. Was it HBO? Pretty sure. Uh, show Deadwood. Western uh, sort of been described, I believe, as... Uh, Sopranos meets Western show. <laughs> uh, whoever described it like that is probably not very smart. They could have done a better job. I was a huge, huge fan of Deadwood. Have it, do I have it on DVD? I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. Great series. Easily give a 5 out of 5. The only reason I would be tempted to give it lower is because the last episode friggin' sucks in that uh, doesn't clear up anything, basically. From the sounds of it, from this interview with Mr. Oliphant, um, he was not the only one, or we were not the only ones who were surprised by this show ending. It sounds as if the show was very popular, I believe, when it was on the air. Uh, it's done amazing in DVD format. And it seems like he and the rest of the cast sort of assumed... Uh, I think rightly so, assumed that the show was going to be beyond for, you know, at least another season or two. However, it was just almost like they they did the last episode and sort of the axe fell with no warning whatsoever. He uh, was <laughs> kind of seemed a little bitter still about that, which he has every right to be. Maybe that's why... Uh, yeah, I will say it. He seems to be kind of like possibly a bit of a jerk. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you can just get that vibe from people, and I kind of did a little bit from him in this interview, which is unusual on a Chris Hardwick Nerdist interview because he is such a sort of a, a nice guy uh, and treats things usually kind of very lightly and, and humorously. So to have one of his guests come across as kind of a bit of a jerk is unusual, even if you are a jerk, I think. So for me to get that vibe, I don't know, uh, you know what I would love is for you listening to this uh, to listen to that interview and maybe, just maybe, do two things. Send me to the email address provided in the closing credits if you think he came off as a bit of a jerk and... Uh, maybe what you think of this podcast. Two birds, one stone, lovely. That's two lovelies in one podcast. You are so lucky. <sighs> uh, Timothy, I'm just about at work. I just wanted to throw out that uh, Timothy Oliphant 
uh, did stand-up in his early career, uh, was a big Steve Martin fan, and Chris Hardwick also stand-up currently and back in the day, and big Steve Martin fan, so I like that. Uh, wrote it down, wanted to mention it, did mention it, I'm at work on a Friday. Whee! I'm going to do eight hours of work, I'm going to come back here and polish off the items I have remaining. Lovely. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. It is goddamn freezing. Not that I'm complaining. Not that I'm complaining. Uh, I always uh, feel that if you complain of the heat in the summer, you are not allowed to uh, complain of the cold in the winter. That is my philosophy, my life philosophy, my life weather philosophy, perhaps more accurately. I don't uh, mind the cold. It's uh, exhilarating. <laughs> Let's say that. The heat, I, I don't like. Can't stand it. Okay, so that's uh, Jordan's weather break. <laughs> Let's hop back into Fry Internet Day with a uh, another item that we have brought back before. A, a web series by the name of Vsauce. The letter V followed by the word sauce. Saucy. Uh, so this latest episode was called The Science of the Friend Zone. The Science of the Friend Zone. So that's interesting. You may not, uh, you may not think that there is a science of the friend zone. And some people would still maybe think that because, uh, I think I've heard riff, uh, sort of psychology psychiatry, I don't know, um, things like that, uh, could you, could you perhaps say the science of the emotions? Could, yeah, that's, that might work. Uh, I've heard that referred to as the soft sciences. It's not, um, like physics, something hard, <laughs> ugh, sexy, hard and kind of quantifiable. Um, so, you may watch this and still not think there is science behind it. However, Mr. Vsauce, yeah, you know what? Considering I've brought back Vsauce's probably close to half a dozen times, getting getting on there, uh, never mentioned his name because I have never written it down. I wish he did something about the science of remembering names and why I am horrible at it. Brian? Just kind of throwing that name out there as a possible uh, possible name for him. He looks like a Brian. So uh, he talked about how the friend zone sort of occurs um, in species. So not just it's not just a human uh, thing. In species in which one member of the sex is picky and one um, <laughs> is less so. Uh, I, I'll give you... You know what? I'll give you uh, 17 minutes of stone-cold silence for you to figure out which 
member of our sexes is the picky one, and which is the not. Okay, 17 minutes of deep thought commencing. Okay, did you fast forward? I wish. Um, I had the cojones to do actually 17 minutes of silence there. That would have been, for me, amusing. For you, probably less so. Uh, I also hope you did not fast forward. Uh, but maybe you did. Hey, we all, uh, we all work in mysterious ways. It is women. Women are picky. <laughs> Uh, yes. How I have snagged one myself sometimes boggles me. No idea. No idea. So, thank you, the missus, for um, not being too picky, obviously. He uh, did sort of a service for those stuck in the friend zone um, by giving possible, he kind of underlined possible, tricks to get you out of it. Uh, possible because it might just be that this person does not like you. <laughs> Sad to say, but true. Possibly. Um, he said that you should remain aloof, meaning don't uh, be sort of at their beck and call. And uh, something which I think is... That's, that's something I would probably put a, a little into the obvious uh, category. But something uh, he said that I think is a good tip and he sort of went into the psychology of this, but he said, ask this person to do you favors, uh, which I thought was a, was an interesting idea. So there's tips for you, for those of you in the friend zone, the dreaded, dreaded friend zone. I've been there. Let me tell you. <sighs> um, he... <laughs> okay, uh, let's just say that if you listen to yesterday's episode, you will know um, my notes are not exactly what you would call detailed. It's sort of just one word um, because I'm driving <laughs> and I can't look at notes. So for this one, one of my notes here says Ben Franklin. What does Ben Franklin have to do with the friend zone? I don't remember. <laughs> yesterday, uh, I had Courtney Cox and the word pillow and could not figure that out, what that, what they had to do with one another. So, um, I think I have in the past sort of not said anything or edited out what, um, when something like that happened, but from now on, I'm gonna just say it, because it's kind of amusing. If you can, and you know what, let's do this. Ooh, idea. Idea. If you can, somehow make a connection between Ben Franklin and the friend zone by either A, watching this video, although I'm going to consider that cheating, or B, just making one up from your own imagination. Um, you can email it to me to the email address provided in the closing credits, and I'll bring it back to the liberal queue and uh, see what, uh, what you have to say. Love, Lee. There's another one for you. 
lots more to talk about. Okay, here's one that uh, I did not have on my list until a couple hours ago. Um, I was not planning to add any more, but felt I had to in this case. Um, we uh, have, I have brought back a couple of episodes of the podcast Nerd Poker, in which Brian Posehn and friends sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. Nerd Poker. I like it. Uh, very good podcast. I think I'm on episode 8. Uh, it's new. Hell, this is episode 50-something. Uh, and they're on episode 8. Rookies. The reason I wanted to bring it back, though, in particular this time, was because of one uh, story in particular. They have a sort of segment in which they will talk about crazy shit that has happened in previous uh, Dungeons and Dragons games, because these uh, these group of people have been playing this game for many many years, decades I think possibly or a decade. Anyways, a long time, and this story really uh, kind of blew me away. So I'm bringing it back. One of the players with Mr. Bryant was saying is a man by the name of Blaine Capach. If you Google Blaine Capach, you may recognize him. I do, as um, he had a game show back in the 90s, I think it was, called Beat the Geeks, that I was a big fan of way back when, sort of trivia show. I'm a big trivia buff. Uh, and his story went something like this. I may be paraphrasing a little bit. When he was a kid, he moved around a lot. He said uh, in 18 years, he moved around more than 18 times, or more than once a year, anyway. And uh, whenever he did this, uh, which this part kind of didn't make sense to me, uh, he would have to get rid of some of his possessions. Huh? Um, in the case of this story, it was a... A Dungeons and Dragon esque book. There are other uh, role playing games than Dungeons and Dragons, and this one in particular was sort of like a spy version of a uh, pencil and paper role playing kind of game. I forget what it was called, uh, it doesn't really matter. James Bond spy game. We'll call it James Bond spy game. It wasn't James Bond. And in one of these moves, as a youngin, he had to get rid of this game. So he, over the years, uh, kind of forgot about it, then felt bad about it, remembered fondly this game, and sought it out, found it on eBay. Uh, this was sort of back, uh, again, years ago, even for years ago when eBook, eBay was sort of new, I think in the 2000s, in the aughts. Uh, and he found it. And he purchased it. And he got it. As, as tends to happen with eBay. Uh, he opened it up and he's like, oh, here's uh, some people's character sheets. Character sheet, if you don't know, is if you're playing a tabletop role-playing game such as this, you'll have like your character, uh, his name and sort of his traits written down on a piece of paper. And apparently there was a bunch of them in this book that had sort of made its way along with this game. And part that is going to blow you away, which you may know where I'm headed with this, is that his character sheet from when he was a kid 
was inside this book that he purchased on eBay decades, decades later off of eBay. From, uh, he actually said from a, uh, someone in Eastern Canada. So there's the Canadian connection. Uh, love that story. Awesome nerd serendipity story. Good, good stuff. Alright folks, I am uh, gonna do a little grocery shopping. Now that I have the sort of grocery shopping tune to play, uh, I am happy. So I'm gonna go in to do, uh, get some grockeries and uh, meet you back here because I still got uh, a shit ton to talk about. Sound like a plan? It is a plan. Once again, why am I asking? I cannot help myself. Maybe it uh, sort of psychologically makes me feel better to think that I am talking at people. Yes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. There it is again. Let the shopping commence! lazy with that on the road again song. It's coming down. The flakes are large and furious. I don't like it. I will complain about snow, because I don't like snow. Actually, no. Let me specify. I don't mind the cold. I don't mind the snow. I don't mind snow on my lawn. What little of it there is. I don't mind snow on the roof of my house. Probably good insulation. Uh, I don't mind snow in man form. It's when it's on the streets and it's slippery and it shits up my driving. Then I don't like it. So it hasn't done that yet. Again, this is Jordan's Weather Report. Jordan's Weather Report here. Should get, uh, should get, uh, oh, okay. Here we go. You just listened to, this is weird talking about something I'm going to do as if it already happened. You just listened to the theme for when I do my grocery shopping. Um, so, how about a little uh, jingle, a little noise, a little something something for when I talk about the weather. Because I'm Canadian, we talk about weather. It's bound to happen. It is boring, I know, but it slips out. It's like diarrhea. Not to say that I've ever had diarrhea slip out, but I imagine that's what it feels like. Okay, so jumping back into Fry Internet days. Okay, so why don't I throw in two TED Talks while I'm at it? 
I can't think of a reason. Can you? Questions again. Questions. Jesus Christ. Uh, burping, even. The first one was called How to Become an Artist. Um, I don't remember <laughs> how to do it. So, I guess, A, I will never become an artist. And B, I won't be able to talk about it here. Oh, I remember it. <laughs> Odd. Odd that me saying that sort of jogged my memory. Uh, it was about um, this guy. Did I write down his name? No, I did, but it's too dark to read it at this point. Who is a children's author and artist of his own uh, books now. And he talked about how when he was uh, young in school that a children's author artist came to visit their school and said that a cat he had drawn was really good. <laughs> so I, I like that, that that sort of little spark uh, at a young age sort of took off and took him in this path of artiness. Uh, I liked it, very much so. So um, that positive reinforcement in this case worked wholeheartedly, and I think it's something you should uh, do to kids, just positively reinforce them. This is coming from a man who has no kids and no desire to have kids. However, I have uh, taught kids in uh, high school to parenting in which you had to, uh, I don't know if taught is the right word, so much as took care of, and have my sort of, uh, what do they call it, like certificate of completion of taking care of kids for 40 hours, some, some shing like that. Obviously, saying that means that I am a terrific parent, <laughs> and uh, let's just leave it at that, shall we? Probably a better parent than an actual parent. Okay, now that I've really dug in there, let's move on to, um, I forget what the name exactly, and again, too dark to read, it was deep sea diving in a wheelchair. What? This uh, was about a woman who is in a power wheelchair who decided she wanted to go diving. Now, to me, if I was uh, did not have the use of my legs, like, for example, uh, my boss, uh, and wanted to go diving, I think there are more ways to do it than sitting in your wheelchair. To me, that does not seem um, like the best way to do it. They have those things that, I forget where I've seen them, but it's basically, uh, it almost looks just like a motor that you hold on to and kind of use that to steer around and power your, your motion through the waters. Why not just that? You don't need, you don't need uh, legs that are mobile in order to use one of these. But no, she was literally sitting in her uh, power wheelchair, which I wonder how they worked that out, and was swimming around. And when I say swimming, I mean using her arms to propel herself, not with any sort of... Maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe she felt she needed to use her own power to, to do this. But then again, why do you need the wheelchair attached to you, right? Huh. Anyways, uh, it was very, uh, I would say, inspirational, and um, looked like there may have been some teary-eyed responses in the audience. So uh, I would recommend checking it out. It was all done to uh, sort of really relaxing music as she was floating around in the water. 
And um, I think she pointed it out as well. It's just sort of that strange, uh, I guess, juxtaposition of seeing someone in a wheelchair underwater is something I know I've never seen before. So uh, it, was, it was kind of beautiful. The next item up for bids. No, we don't bid on things here. Uh, was a Star Talk. Star Talk, I have decided I am no longer going to listen to the podcast since I think he's not so much doing the podcast as just um, filming his podcast's kind of stuff for the Nerdist Network. So uh, I'm just going to watch it on the Nerdist Network instead. That way I get the audio and the visual experience. This one I liked because it was uh, his guest was uh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, who you may know if you ever watch um, travel channels or food networks. He, I don't think anymore, he kind of talked about, uh, he was sort of a high-class chef. He had a show, uh, I forget what it was called, where he traveled around and sort of ate the, I guess, the delicacies of the region that he was traveling in. Kind of the main reason I wanted to bring it back for the podcast, though, is because I saw this guy. Let me just say it like this to add more drama. Um, I saw this guy on this show many, many years ago um, eat a still-beating snake heart. There's a further pause for drama. Someone cut a heart out of a snake, put it in a little kind of spoon shot glass thing. Uh, it was still beating, and he did it down like a like a shot of tequila. So that was the kind of things you could see on his show. That, to me, is the craziest I ever saw, and sort of the only one I actually remember, but he did go around eating crazy shit, which he says he would never do again. <laughs> I don't know if regret is the right word, because I think he likes that he has sort of the story to tell, but uh, looking back, I don't think he kind of wishes he did some of the things he ate. Now, being Star Talk with Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, of course, uh, it wasn't all just food chat. It also got into lots of sciencey stuff, which I love. Uh, hence why I watch it, hence it being on the Nerdist Network, on the YouTubes, which you, I hope, will check out. He, um, Anthony Bourdain got into, and Neil deGrasse got into a little bit about um, kitchen gadgets. Anthony Bourdain was sort of of the opinion that, that uh, in order to cook, all you need is sort of a good knife. Um and what, a spoon? I forget what else he said. I think, oh yeah, a knife, some pots and pans, and a wooden spoon, and you're good to go. So he's not too impressed with kitchen gadgets and all their many, many forms and functions. Something he spoke about, which I was unaware of, but uh, was a cool sciencey food fact, is that at um, higher altitudes, your palate will crave... Uh, spicy foods. So I thought that was kind of cool. I do not like spicy foods. I don't like feeling pain while I'm eating. Call me crazy. Call me Ishmael. 
so I avoid spicy foods. Plus, there's the whole heartburn thing, which I actually got some mean heartburn on the go right now. All day. They also talked about um, food in space, how that astronauts sort of lose their taste almost. So um, he said that uh, if you are in space on, say, the International Space Station and you have a bottle of hot sauce, everyone loves you because food sort of seems to lose its taste after prolonged periods in space. They didn't, I just realized. I don't think they went into the explanation as to why that happens, which I'm upset because Neil deGrasse Tyson should have been all over that one, like a fat astronaut on a Smarty. Okay, almost home. Uh, One last item. Up for bids? Not up for bids. Quit saying that. Uh, we'll leave Star Talk behind for another Chris Hardwick creation. His first creation. The Nerdist Podcast. Oh, yes. We'll goddamn well talk about it if I want to talk about it. I don't care what you say. Um, he had on Mr. Gabe Newell for, I think, his first time ever, did a two part interview. So, uh, had to break it up into kind of two parts because of its length and girth. <laughs> if you are unfamiliar with Gabe Newell, he is the sort of figurehead leader of the company known as Valve. Valve has created some of the greatest video games of all time. Pause for dramatic effect complete, uh, including Half-Life, Half-Life uh, series as a whole. Portal. Um, those are my two faves of their creations, so why don't I just leave it at that. Gordon Freeman uh, of Half-Life, of the Half-Life games, is probably my favorite protagonist. I actually was going to go as him for Halloween last year, but did not, for unspecified reasons. Damn you, Black Mesa. Um, so they sat down and talked with him. It's funny because the first interview Chris did with him, he sort of mostly focused on Valve as sort of a company. It's sort of company culture. It's interesting, it was interesting because Valve seemed to be almost as if it was a indie game making company and that they sort of treated their employees and their company as a whole not as sort of a giant corporation, which uh, I think is a good way to go, Um, especially when your company is in the business of creating anything. I think that if you are in a business where you create things and sort of impose a strict corporate structure, you're going to lose a lot of that. And I think Gabe Newell... Uh, smartly has realized that and kept it all, keeps it a little, little relaxed, a little more lax, which I like. I like, um, from the game making standpoint, what I don't like is that if this company was a little more corporate, maybe we would have in our hands some goddamn Half-Life 3 by now, which, um, if you know anything about the Half-Life series, you will know that, ooh, shit, anti-lock brakes engaged. <laughs> Uh, you will know that uh, Half-Life 2, Episode 3, whatever we're on now, came out many, many years ago, and us nerds have been waiting with bated 
breath for Half-Life 3 for a long, long time. So, uh, please, Gabe Newell, make that game. Uh, so that was the first part of the interview. The sort of uh, the funny thing, I think, is that Chris Hardwick came to the realization after this first interview that he never, almost hardly ever talked about games at all with the maker of video games. So he realized that if that's all he had, the sort of internet would eat him alive. Uh, would say, why did you not talk about games, you lousy bastard? So... Gabe Newell was nice enough to come back to do a second interview, apparently months apart, where they focused more on games. You have for yourself the choice of two, or do as I did, listen to them both. Uh, they were good. Nice little behind-the-scenes in the video game world, I like. Alright folks, I'm at home. That was a good uh, episode. I had fun. I hope you did too. Please, please, please throw me a little feedback from time to time. It would be greatly appreciated. Greatly. Love, Ali. It is nice. To be nice. To the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper